Give a wee bit of Batman there just to sell it. A wee bit of an joke that we might go into later on. Good evening, one and all. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, uh, sponsored by Manscaped.com. Uh, I am clearly not Cami Black. You'll be getting used to this by now, uh, my Cami Black impersonation. But uh, Cami has handed the reins over to the the, the cats at a rave, the felines at the disco, once again. Uh, so I'm John Anderson. I'm hosting tonight and joining me is my trusty sidekick Ian Hay. I trusty indeed. Hi, hello everyone, how are we? <laughs> <laughs> the reason for the, the bat nipples there was Ian might have taken offence earlier on to being uh, suggested that he was... Have you seen the movie um, Sky High? Where they, they distribute people into heroes. And it's a kid's movie, right? But it's quite good. If you've not seen it, you should watch it. They, they, they split kids up into sidekicks and heroes. And I kind of thought of that. Right. No, I haven't seen that. Is it- well worth it. Well worth a watch. Better be. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we've got a message from oh, the boss God. here. That's Cammy swearing already. Yeah, rude, on. isn't it? Honestly, can't, can't take him anywhere. Anyway, um, <laughs> Yes, we are We are brought to you tonight in association with Manscaped.com. Um, we'll get this bit out of the way, will we? Um, they are the, the premier connoisseurs of um, male downstairs grooming. Um, we, we, we are sponsored by them. We are paid by them. So let's be upfront like that. We don't want to get into trouble with all the socials. Um, Manscaped have a range of products um, from from nose trimmers all the way down to aye the trimmers that you would expect to see downstairs. Um, we've we've both had a, a shot of the products, Ian. Um, good fun. I mean that's one way of putting it. Um, also, products you expect to see downstairs. Uh, well, well, you I know, mean, it's, it's it's a new age, isn't it? You know, it's it's, it's twenty twenty one <laughs> these days. You know, we're uh, we're exactly. new age woke. People apparently. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, see, I'm not as quick as Cammy for this, right? No, uh, here we go, right. 
Yep, you used the W word. There's a wee woke klaxon going off during the Manscaped That's advert. They'll be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they also do other other products. As we've said a few times, they do uh, a variety of kind of lotions and potions. Uh, ball toner, which is very nice on your fingers. Uh, they also do ball deodorant. Uh, and they have their own signature, like Beyonce, like... I don't know who else has signature brands. I just think Beyonce. Um, Jordan, Katie Price. <laughs> like Katie Price, like and, and Britney and all the rest of them. Oh, are we still living in two thousand eight, mate? <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. like all the big celebs, like Katie Price and Britney, um, they have their own signature brand aftershave, which uh, is is very nice. So, um, basically, what you need to do your your call to action, boys and girls is to head on over to manscaped.com if you're interested. Uh, put the promo code SRP and you'll get yourself 20% off your order and you'll get free shipping, which is very good. And as it says there, your boss will thank you. Um, I, I mean, I would recommend that, you know, it's it's a unisex product. Both, both sexes have hair. That's all I'm saying. They do. Um, and you get a lovely travel bag if you buy one of the uh, one of the more sort of deluxe kits um, <laughs> and uh, excellent boxers the bestest boxers the bestest the boxers are absolutely mint <laughs> they're so good so um if for nothing else get yourself over there and get some boxers because they are very very good um so shall we talk some rugby Yes, but should we also, for the viewers, explain why we are dressed in black? Because <laughs> it's, well, it's a formal and mournful occasion, right? It's a formal, yeah. They, so I want everybody to bow their heads in a moment's silence um, for, for today. My head there, I just saw, like, where my Ah, yeah, we don't want to see the top, the top of your head, mate. Yeah, oh. don't, don't bow your heads, put it further back. <laughs> um, yeah, so today, we'll, we'll crack on with the news, because today, the main news coming out is Tommy Seymour. Um, has announced his retirement from rugby, um, which is why we are suited. We we worked out that both of us, none of us, own a tie properly. So. <laughs> I couldn't find my black tie, um, so I'm wearing Ross McDowell's Glasgow Warriors tie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Seymour has retired. It, it seems to be suggesting with immediate effect, kind of. Didn't, didn't yeah. suggesting he would be back. No, it didn't suggest that. So um, he's had a, a couple of concussion issues this uh, this season. Um, obviously, that's a major issue, as we all know. Um, and I mean, I think he was out of contract at the end of the summer, I believe. Um, Thirty-two years old. I don't know whether Glasgow have offered him a new contract or not, but. You know, we've signed a lot of back three recruits um, over the course of the, the last few months. Um, so it's probably been a, a decision between the club and himself. You know, he's, he's got a young family to consider. Um, and he's, you know, what else could he achieve? Um, yeah, so for me, Tommy Seymour is one of my favourite Warriors players of all time. Um, I think he's the best winger we've had. And certainly since I've been a season ticket holder for the last eight years or so, yeah. um, just an outstanding player. At his peak, he was one of the best, if not the best winger in the Northern Hemisphere. Yep. Um, had everything you wanted from a winger. You know, great in the air, wonderful step, um, fast, 
good defender as well. People don't I don't think people realise how good he was at reading the game. Yeah. Um just there's been so many glorious moments of Tommy Seymour's career, both in Glasgow Warriors Black and Scotland's Dark Blue. He retires as the fourth highest scorer in Scottish Test rugby history. Um, so a, a fantastic career and I'm sure I speak for every warrior and probably every Scotland fan when I say thank you very much for everything that you did, Tommy. Yeah, I think I think that's very fair. It's been really interesting, actually, after the announcement earlier on, because it was earlier on today. Uh, if you're if you're listening on Catch Up, guys, uh, it is the 28th of April, 2021. Sky Night has not taken over yet, so we are still here. Um, it's been really interesting seeing the kind of outpouring of gratitude towards Tommy Seymour. Um, Everyone is one of those players who is universally liked. There's, I don't think there's been anyone. You know, sometimes you get players retire, and it's like, well, you know, all right, fair enough. He's he just comes across as a very, very nice man, and as you said, one of the in that period, sort of end of the 2015 World Cup through to sort of 20, so till he went on the Lions tour, till Warren Gatland broke him. Um. He was he was one of the best wingers in the world. He and the intercept that that for me that will always stand out as Tommy Seymour's signature move. He was he was the first Scottish player that I seen that consistently read. And you you talked about reading the game in defence. He he got that intercept right every time, and he scored a lot of tries. So twenty tries and fifty five tests for Scotland, which um, is not to be sniffed at. That is some record at a national level, you know, um, one of the few men to score in every single game at a World Cup match. Right. We're talking about intercepts, you know, when I've been looking at the tribute videos, the one he gets against New Zealand is off a pass off Richie McCaw, and it is so hard to take. He, he, he's left-handed at his knee, and he still manages to control it, clutch on it, and then just bolt away. Um, yeah, tremendous player. Tremendous player, and yeah, he... he Father Time has caught up with him, but he will he will leave uh, Glasgow with absolute best wishes. And um, you've you've shared a few of your your favourite Tommy Seymour moments today as well. Ian, um, for me that that try against Exeter, even though he's he's the finisher, um, but jeez, so good. I mean, that whole thing involves him, Russell, and Hogg, and those three together. The number of times you see you see a Finn Russell cross kick, either for Glasgow or Scotland, that ends up with a Tommy Seymour try, or just Hawk and Seymour figuring each other out and knowing where to go. Uh, another signature move of Seymour's was to be in centre field off a set piece move, be it scrum or yep. line out, and then you know people just didn't know how to handle it because he could step either way. You know he, was, he could play he played left wing for a while. You know we were talking to someone earlier, yep. a guy called Sam. You know, he's on the left wing for a while, then he moved to the right wing. It was, it was easy for him. Uh, yeah, tremendous, uh, tremendous servant. I think it's worth uh, it's worth pointing out as well. He's one of with aside from the last couple of seasons, he's one of the players who right. So he's excelled in his position, and we didn't try to move him. We didn't try to shoehorn him in at thirteen. We didn't try to make him up. You know, a centre, which we did, we did pop him to fullback a couple of times. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I think that was more of a, a, a failure of recruitment than um, anything else. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I absolutely. 
brilliant player. I think we'll get a wee comment here. So, Rodri Mackay, uh, great servant to Scottish rugby, best wishes, wishes for his future. And I think that, that kind of sums it up really well. And um, I think it was the pen on Twitter earlier on said that he... He goes. He goes into his future career as one of the guys who he he was involved in the resurgence of Scottish rugby. He was one of the guys who, who was at the forefront of making Scottish rugby um, not a laughing stock anymore. So I think he he, he should take that uh, in his retirement with him. And uh, yeah, very very um, very happy to see him um, go on and do great things. Maybe he'll be back as a um, slightly strange accented uh, managing director <laughs> at some point. Yeah, we can use him as like a North American welfare officer like Benetton. Yeah, does yeah absolutely. Maybe that's all, maybe this has all been a grand plan and uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a grand plan that SRU have put in place that we've, we've been setting them up for this, this role. Um <laughs> Now this, yeah, this is uh, a fear. Like we're obviously front loading the Glasgow chat just now, so we don't have to touch on them later on. But um, yeah, I mean, DTH and Tommy, we were talking about this earlier, actually, Ian, as well. It's it's really interesting that Glasgow's two top scoring wings have neither of them have had to ha- had been able to have a send off for the fans. Yeah, I mean, I mean, after DTH retired, that um, oh, sorry, he left. He- his contract run out. I think he's, he's is he well, playing in America now? He's, yeah. he's 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 away getting a pension in America. Yeah, I'd assumed he'd retired, but then he went off to America. Um, and I'd suggested, you know, during the the start of the pandemic, that we should do some kind of tribute to BTH. Um, but now, you know, a year later, we still can't go to the bloody stadium. Um, yeah, but the, the, you know, I think the the club well recognise exactly what these guys have done. And as you were saying, you know, like uh, he was part of the resurgence in, in a Scotland team who could attack and actually score tries. Um, and you know, he was, it's one of his, you know, great finishers as well. I mean, I mean, you think about all the, the attributes I'd noted, but one thing as well, wonderful finisher. Yeah. Um, so many great moments he's had. Uh, my favourite Tommy Seymour moment of all time is when he ran into the hedge at, um, <laughs> at one of the Italian clubs after scoring another try against. He used to score two or three a game against them, and uh, yeah, it, one of them he, he kind of overshot his landing slightly and ran into a hedge, <laughs> which was quite good. Unflustered, of course, kind of shook it off, and like Taylor Swift, he just got shook it off and got back on it. You get that much swab about him. It was very cool. Yeah, I mean, and I know you you obviously have an affinity with him, given that you you don't like chicken and um, you you th- you you do an impersonation of him, like most people you do an impersonation of. But obviously, this is a f- physical characteristics one. Ian. Uh, yeah, except I'm fat, uh, <laughs> out of shape, but no, uh, yeah. out of training. Yeah, out, 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 unconditioned. I've been uh, rotated on the bench too many times. <laughs> you were lost. You were a, you were a squad player who was lost. Poor boy. <laughs> so <clears throat> that is Tommy Seymour. Um, we are all very sorry to see him go, but wish him well. And again, I think the, probably the last point in this is 
probably see more around the time of the Lions 2017 had the oper- he had he had offers to go elsewhere. Uh, and he indicated that he stayed in Scotland because he was being well looked after in terms of game management. He was he was having his welfare looked after, and he's always been maybe the poster boy for that. So I think um, you know I think there's there's something there for the SRU to, to use that a wee bit more. A guy who retires, you know, yeah, he's had a couple of concussions. Hopefully, he's in relatively good health just now and can retire. Uh, and, and go on to do what he wants to do now. Which is hopefully starting a craft brewery um, yeah. which gets sold at Scott. Absolutely. This was the this was the plan earlier on on our secret super secret Patreon page, which actually wonderfully segue seg- obviously I don't host every week so I forget the wee bits that we do. I should remember these things, don't I? But um as you'll see down in the banner below um we you can you can pay for this if you so desire. Um, I, I mean, your choice. Um, in seriousness, you can you can jump onto patreon.com and uh, pardon me, sorry. Um, you can pay three pounds a month, which is the cost of. Well, I don't know how much is a pint actually. The pubs are open now, so how much is a pint? Probably about eighty-six pounds. There's, it's, the, it's there's, there's, there's a shortfall to make up for all the, the months lost. Um, okay, I, so, I, like, so though, it, like, unless you want to wear those ones. Um, yeah, probably about £4 a picture for a pint of tenants at Glasgow yeah, City yeah. Center these days, isn't you? Easy, easy £4. Um, but so let's say being a hipster, you know, I'm not well, like exactly. I well, let's say a pint is now three hundred pounds, right? So for one one hundredth of a pint, uh, you can get yourself into the Richie Vernon Thunderdome, which is our um, part of our Patreon group. You get super super secret exclusive content, um, including a series we're doing just now, Scotland's hardest player. Uh, we released last week or the week before. We released the twenty tens to the current day, which took. Longer than we thought it might. Um, it was quite surprising because we were a bit sceptical as to how hard players are these days. But uh, the mesh was there. Uh, there was a few others creeping in. So, and obviously, you know the mesh. mesh Finn, Emma Wassel, uh, mm-hmm. Rachel Malcolm. Was there a fifth? I thought it was just a fifth. Um, it might have just been those four. But did we not put Gordon Reed in? We didn't put Gordon. He didn't even get a mention. We've he, screwed up. We're going to have to re-record that. Have to re-record it. Well, to be fair, um, if you want, sign up to Patreon and come along, give it a listen, and then give us feedback on it and tell us if we've missed uh, some of the hardest players. Uh, for five pounds a month, oh, I should say for three pounds a month, you will get your you will um, get all the access to our super secret Facebook page, which has brought us onto this. For five pounds a month, you get everything that you've got. But you also get access to the Doogie Donnelly uh, Members Lounge, which gets you your name read out on the podcast. Now, we have had no new entrance to the Doogie Donnelly recently. Although, have you have you seen the comment section just there, John? I, I Mal- have not. Malcolm McD. Malcolm McD going to Patreon to, now to join, lads. See, right, Malcolm, that we we have got a blood pact here, mate. You go and do that now, <laughs> and you you'll get your name read out. In the next podcast with lights, 
should also yeah. add you can pay more than five pounds a month. We're not saying you should though, because frankly, come on, it's about value, guys. I mean, you you'll keep me in flagons of cider and Haribo, so. <laughs> which is what every man needs. So, uh, but yeah, on the secret, the super secret Facebook page, we were we were debating Tommy Seymour's future career and and the craft beer uh, thing came up. Um, and there was quite a lot of chat about how, you know, obviously, um, Rudy Jackson and uh, Ryan Grant went off to do their uh, In A Shed Gin, or whatever it's called. Um, which seems to, it's not really, has that been picked up by the SRU yet? I think they advertised it a couple of times, but I'm not a gin drinker. Um, it's, it seems a bit. Trendy for me. I'm a Jake. You know? Even for you, <laughs> even for a hipster like you. Know, so yeah. that's because I'm so hipster. I don't drink gin. I'm like, it's, it's, it's like I, I'm going to use that. We've not used this in a while. It's like hipsterception. Uh, <laughs> there you go again. I've not used it in a while, but there we are. So yeah, get yourself along. Join Patreon. Um, you will keep the podcast running because it costs it costs a wee bit of money for us to do this uh, via the live platform. Um, if, if you are a patron, you get to skip all this pish that we talk and just get to the rugby stuff. Uh, Cami, Cami edits it. Okay. You know, Cami, I'm editing. Cami's I'm the, editing uh, it tonight, which oh is quite scary. God. So, um, so Malcolm McDee, you might be the first owner of a, a, a patented John Anderson edit. <laughs> a four-hour-long <laughs> Patreon edit. <laughs> this night, the, the Anderson cut. <laughs> the, the Justice League Anderson Cup. Featuring all my favourite Tommy Seymour tries. <laughs> yeah, so if you want the Anderson Cup, go to patreon.com and uh, yeah, Scottish Rugby Podcast. So um, let's crack on with some more news. We'll get back to rugby because that'll make it easier for me to edit this. Um, <laughs> so <coughs> Scotland have announced their plans for the summer. Woo! Now, this is obviously presuming that we can tour and mm. other people can tour. Namely, some large carnivorous felines. We're assuming they can tour too. But uh, Scotland have announced that they are they are they are going back under the banner of Scotland A, and they will play three matches. And head coach will be Mike Blair. He will be assisted by none other than the, the meteoric rise of Peter Murchie continues. The merchandise Peter Murchie, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ayrshire Bulls, Super Six head coach of late, and then he's, uh, he joined Glasgow. Um, so he he will be, is, is he, he's going to be the defence coach, isn't he? Yeah, which, um, okay. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Murchie's um, uh, defence was I mean it was more solid than Hogs I was going to say yeah it's like saying you know you know OJ Simpson's defence was more solid than Hogs <laughs> we need Johnny Cochran <laughs> <laughs> that's it if anybody's got Johnny's number give him a shout we'll get him hired uh, there's uh, a small problem <laughs> with that He's not alive anymore. That's true. Yeah, good <laughs> he point. died a few yeah. years ago. He did, actually, yeah. It shows how up-to-date with uh, modern, modern chat I am. 
Uh, um, you need to use the uh, you ever see that episode of South Park, Sheffield, where Johnny Cox <laughs> uses the Chewbacca defense. Yeah, that's right. We, yes. we, we need the Chewbacca defense. That's it. First, first we've got Steve Dandy involved. Then we've got the Chewbacca defense. I mean, what more do we need? So yeah, two two of the opponents have been named. We're going to be playing Romania and Georgia. Um, there is indication of um of. What was the what was the exact phrase that was used? Expectation that a number of Scots mm. will be touring with the British and Irish Lions, which um, fills all of us with, I mean, hope that there might be more than three Lions. Yeah, but zero is also a number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, what they're doing is um, they didn't they didn't tell us at the start, but the thirty-six man squad is actually going to be on a job share basis. Um, and uh, they're going to be hiring 0.5 Scots. Well, t- they're already counting Tandy and Townsend. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, I'm quite bemused by this whole concept of the, the A fixture because it's not going to be a first-string squad because, I mean, because of the condensed nature of this broken-up last sort of season and a half as it has been. You know, there's the players have played quite a lot, um, and we simply don't have the manpower. I don't think to to have an A squad as well as a proper squad, which is already going to be bereft of hopefully maybe five or six players um, who are on lines duty, and then you know a couple of guys getting a rest. Uh, Do you think it's it's maybe the maybe the, the and actually there's a comment coming in. We'll just touch on this in a second. But you think it's maybe. So you remember a few years ago we had the the North uh, uh, North African North American tour, yeah. and it was it was the young guns who went, and mm-hmm. they gave a lot of players a rest in preparation for the World Cup the following year. Yeah. Do you think there's maybe an argument that what they're doing is exactly the same, but this time they're just going to say, you know what, let's let's just badge it as an A but B game. Let's not bother with. Let's let's not even bother with full internationals this time round and just get the A, the A guys the game. So, do you know what? I think it might be as right because the sevens series has been screwed and that's uh, been our capture sort of team or the yeah. that, or the, the under twenties actually has been the capture under twenties our capture team. Yep. So you, you capture at sevens. I think sevens is um, completely fine. You capture uh, it. Uh, capture it sevens. Um, so obviously, with those being put on the back burner, might see a couple of surprise calls in there. Um, I've seen oh, some names coming in there from uh, bouncing balls of fire. Uh, yeah. Like, see, see someone like guys like Dolby and McLean, right? I think they they'll eventually be capped. They, they've been in the extended training squads with the full team before, but uh, Fraser Dingwall, a name that's come up there, um, yep. and also Josh Bayless. This would yep. be a time. This would be a time to capture them, just so that they can't then um, go off to England, for example. And speaking um, of heading off to England, we've also Dougie Lowe has uh, suggested the like Ashman, of Ashman, yeah, another name, who has um, been flirt- the, Eddie Jones has been flirting his uh, his eyelashes uh, longingly towards Ashman. Yeah, but he does that to a lot of people. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a right <laughs> wee, he's a wee cap teaser that, uh, that Eddie Jones. <laughs> Um, I think about, that's, that's the title of the podcast there. 
Um, what I think would also be good with this tour would be to give Rory Hutchinson a proper run out because yeah. I, I didn't see the game at the weekend, um, but apparently he's, he's been tearing it up. Um, we, you know, I've seen him playing a few times with Northampton, and damn, he does look a, a really fine player. He looks a decent player, doesn't he? Um, so yeah, I think this would, you know, if he gets the chance to sort of, you know, if he. If, You'd imagine he'd be playing 12 as the second distributor kind of uh, role that we, we tend to use at 12. Yep. And if he can really shine against Romania and Georgia, who aren't, they're not, we, we should be wiping the floor of them. But we said that when we went to North America a couple of years well, ago, that, didn't we? That's the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if you're putting out a group of young forwards, um, there's no better test. And you know, you know fine well that a, a team, particularly Georgia, they are always looking to to get that scalp. So if you go over there, um, you'll be you're going to get a big test for those forwards. And um, you know, there's a reason that England were using Georgia as their kind of scrum practice uh, a few years back. In in between games, they're a quality outfit when it comes to that side of the game. Maybe not tier one quality, but they're still a quality outfit. So give the young lads a run at them and see, you know, you, you find out a lot about a player in that situation. Yeah, I mean, to paraphrase Jim Hamilton's favourite word, physicality. <laughs> um, you, you know, you're going to, you're really going to get tested physically against those guys. Um, you know, and if you can, if you can take getting smashed off a 18 stone Georgian and, and get back up and, and play a good game and win it, then, you know, maybe you've got the metal. Um I think, I think there's a lot to be said for, like, so not everyone can have the Cameron Redpath debut. Not everybody can turn up and make their debut in a Calcutta Cup and look manner born and their first touch is a 40-yard touch finder that, that takes a lovely bounce in. Half your rank you know, peg. Half your rank peg, exactly. So players, players do need to cut their teeth somewhere. And I always think back to the example I always give with um, people talking about players making their debut. Hugh Jones made his debut in that tour to Japan before the World Cup, and he came on as a substitute. Uh, and he done very little other than he won an amazing turnover on our line, which I don't know if that was indicative of you know. It seemed to suggest he was some sort of like you know Dunbar style centre. Maybe he was kidding on. He was a twelve at that point. <laughs> Uh, and then all of a sudden he, start, he starts tearing up trees. So players do cut their teeth at, at different levels, and I think it would be really good to see some of these young guys get a run out. Guys like Dobby in particular, you know, everyone's really excited about what he can bring. Um, but yeah, some of the younger forwards, uh, even just some of the forwards that are not maybe getting game time, and mix that in with a bit of experience. Yeah, one of the names that was mentioned there, Luke Crosby, Um and this, oh, we'll, we'll swag away this nicely into the edge game, shall we? Swag away, yes. Well, yeah. let's, uh, will we, will we swag away? Because we've actually got two, two more bits of news, then we'll swag away, right? All right. Okay. And, I, and I'm going to paint and swag away. I like it. Uh, right, so, uh, after our chat last week, Scottish Rugby have announced some funding for the clubs. That's right. The 15 million has been kind of partially found. Um, and... Um, 1.5 million has been earmarked for immediate club recovery needs and a safe, sustainable return to rugby. And a further 5 million 
will be um, thrown towards a growth and participation program over the coming five years, which, right, so I'm an analyst in my day job. And as part of that, I have to do sums on a computer, as my daughter told me. That was she, that was my job description, doing sums on a computer. Last time I checked, 15 million, you're, wasn't it six and a half million? Calculator, that's what you think. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm just a really, really rubbish calculator. A calculator with human flaws <laughs> built in. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of human flaws, six and a half million is not 15 million, which is the money that was um, mentioned as we've said last week, if you want to refer back to last week's podcast um, for in-depth analysis of where the 15 million may have went. Um, strange one, but not unexpected. No, because we'd never know what the board, the exact board are doing. Um, I think like after they announced that it's, you know, the part of the press release says, oh yeah, it was uh, unanimously decided this should be passed. Did you ask any of the clubs? Did you get any input from the clubs? Don't think no. so. Um, I, I mean, I'm not one of these guys who just deliberately wants to go and piss on the SRU's chips, right? I want them to be doing their job properly, and I, you know, even stuff like Super Six, you know, uh, a lot of people instantly dreaded that. I mean, it never really got. It's not been given a fair go yet because of you know the the interruption to the season, what have you. Um, I mean, conceptually, it might work, and I don't think we should you know just immediately douse the fire out without giving it a go. Um, but there, there is always this seems to be just this constant fighting between the exec board and the clubs. Uh, Ian Barr seems to be. A, a good kind of um, what do you call it? almost like you know like the Bifrost and Thor. You know? uh, he, I think he'll be a good connect to try and alleviate that, um, but it's all going to take time. It will, it will. But I think it's good to see clubs getting support, and let's let's not so let's not sniff at that amount of money. It's a significant amount of money. Um, but I mean, one of the things you were saying last week about, I mean, why this amount of money they're talking about going to grassroots, they haven't specified if any of it is going to go into increasing or improving the women's game. Correct. Which we think is a potential, well, it's, it's a potential for improvement for the, the team itself. Um, and also, in terms, it's, I mean, it's a market, man. You know, it's a, it's it's a market you can tap into. But like, you know, we we, we know people like, uh, like our good friend Alan McDonald. You know, yep. his his daughter, you know, he took her to Scotland. You know, and she's like, I want to be Hannah Smith, or I want to be Emma yeah. Wassell. You know, she she doesn't want to be Tommy Seymour because Tommy Seymour's <laughs> not. Not a woman. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Not, not yet. Anyway, maybe, maybe that's why he's retiring. <laughs> uh, is um, that? Is that? Is that today's? That's, that's Sander Slander. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy getting the, a sex change and joining the women's team. I don't um, have the thing ready. <laughs> uh, Wait, here we go. Slander, slander. You know, if you can't see, you can't be it. Right. 
And so <laughs> there needs to be an improvement in that because it's a market. You know, it was on it was on proper BBC the other day. Um, I don't know what the viewing figures were. Should we cash in then? Cash in exactly. Should we segue into the into the women's game actually just now um, and talk about the the, the Wales match? Um, have you finished the news or have I ruined that again? You've kind of ruined it again, but I'm like, two, really two, bad two, sorry, but... two seg- Right, final bit of news: the Six Nations figure, uh, the fixtures oh, have yes. been announced for 2022. We are starting against our um, our, our, our favourite in the back of the pocket. I mean, it's an easy five points, really. Um, yeah, starting against that, England. Keep that cup, cut a cup for the fourth time in fifth years. Nah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, is it is it like the rugby World Cup or uh, is it like the football World Cup? Sorry, where like if we win it enough times, we get to keep it. That was I think that was only the Jules Rumi because we're getting rid of it because the dog that found it had rolled it into bits. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they should make you, a new one. Have you got coronavirus? No, I've got, right, a, right. <laughs> I've got a very bad cough. <laughs> that's you and Cammy. I'm the, I'm the only person. In, moderately decent health I'm I'm the worst out of the lot of us it's true yeah you are the least fit out of all of us as well which goes to show <laughs> isn't it? Um, no, define fit mate <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Seymour would have something to say about that um, yeah basically exercise is bad for you I think is what we're saying here mm. um, that is not a public health message you don't come here for your public health advice let's be honest um, yeah, so let's let's do uh, Scotland are yep. Yeah, so we're at England first um, at BT Murrayfield, fifth of February. Uh, we're then off to Cardiff um, on Saturday the twelfth. The we are then at France and off to Rome, and then we're home up of, home in France. Home at France, sorry, and then we've got it, um, Italy in Rome, and then we are off to Dublin on the 19th of March for Super Saturday with Scotland seeking their first win in Ireland since that famous day where Daniel of the House Parks um, hoofed a beautiful pen. We should have humped them that day, just as an aside. We are well better than them. Actually, I, I missed that game. I was, uh, I was away somewhere. I think I was on holiday. But I got I got a message off of our mutual friend Andy. Just yep. seemed like I love well. There was a sweet word in it, but it, it, it expressed a lot of love for Dan Parks. Um but interestingly though, the, the Ireland game will be uh, just after St. Paddy's Day. Um Yes. So if you are going to uh, if you are intending on going to Dublin or Ireland for that game, um yeah, expect a primo rate on your hotel. Uh, yes, uh, make it and a day trip. By the way, make it. Aye, exactly. Get the ferry over. Um, like I suppose. It, it, oh, it's brutal, isn't it? It's really expensive. I suppose it, it, we should probably say a big congratulations, to Andy, at this point as well. Uh, so oh, yeah. since he's since he's popped up in conversation, so uh, yeah. you you can do the honour scene. Uh, yeah, um, our boy Andy. Uh, Andy is a friend of John's from back in Butte, and he's uh, I've known him for. For fifteen years now, I used to work with him. Um, I mean, I've been Scotsman seat buddies for the last seven or eight seasons. Um, and him and his lovely wife Jude had a, had a child on Sunday morning. Uh, so uh, Jessica Allison McCree is welcomed into the world. Um, so hello, Jessica, and congratulations to Andy and Jude. Future Scotland ten uh, for the women's team. 
we would think. So I don't mind. Andy Andy was a number eight, wasn't he? So I think he'll probably Aye. get her. Um, no, encourage her to early. Ah, it's a new a new Jade Conkle. <laughs> so that is that's the news. So we segue into now. Finally, Ian, you've got your the women's game. So Scotland uh, finished their truncated Six Nations um, campaign with a win against Wales. Uh, a very exciting mm-hmm. match as well. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good game. Um, I tried to. I've watched most of it again. Um, obviously, I was watching it live, and and I've done the match report. Uh, I'd say morale boosting. Um, I mean, let's be fair. Like Wales and Scotland are the the weakest two teams in the tournament, but there's not a lot of Scotland players who are fully professional. And even one of them, Rona Lloyd, has not been able to take part in the tournament. Um, but no. Got the job done uh, once again. Uh, Emma Wassel uh, was excellent in the line out. Uh, did you see Maggie Alphonse's uh, team in the tournament at all? I did actually. I saw that earlier on today. Um, yeah. Very, very. Like, I was very pleased, obviously, to see that. Uh, um, <laughs> like uh, Helen Nelson's really good player. I think one of the problems with Scotland is like because of the lack of depth. We keep asking players to shift around. Um, but I would really like... I think if we can keep Nelson at 10, uh, at least Thompson at 12, and Hannah, like Nelson at 10, Thompson at 12, and Hannah Smith at 13 is a really good triumvirate. I think yep. they, they complement each other very well. Um, but then sometimes you're asking Nelson to push out to 12, then Thompson at 13 with Hannah Smith was away training with sevens, as happened against Italy. It really weakens the side, um, and you could see there was a, a lack of structure against Italy, especially. Um, but no, there was um, those passages of really good play. Uh, need to give a big shout out to uh, Christine Belisle of of Carla Queens Park, who are not too far down the road from me. That's right. Um, you know, she's been asked to play pretty much everywhere. <laughs> she started to take head <laughs> in the first game. Uh, put on the bench for the Italy game because Megan Kennedy was coming back. Because Megan, Megan Kennedy is a very, very good player. Um, but uh, Bella again has come in and started to get at loose head this time. <laughs> it's like, I think Brian Easton said a couple of weeks ago, was like, it was like, <laughs> she was like oh, where's Christine going to be playing? Because she was marked down as number 19 on the squad. It's like, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 or 13. <laughs> she seems to be one of these like versatile players who can do everything. Uh, which I think is particularly impressive for somebody who is playing for an amateur side yeah. to then be able to step up to international level and just do a job and then make it into the team of the tournament as picked by a World Cup winning player. Um, I think is a remarkable achievement for uh, for Christine. Um, and and she does look a very good player. You know, get, gets about her business, like gets stuck in. Um, she's a, she's a great example of. Um, so no disrespect to amateur players, which you know we 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 think a lot and amateur players. There can be some very very talented amateur players out there, but she's a really good example of where um, heart and and kind of commitment really kind of outweighs a lot of the professionalism that she's coming up against. Um, I, I yeah, I thought I thought she, she had a had a very very good game and. It's um, it is interesting to see. You get players like that. You see players like that that are just 
they're just ball players. They'll just fit in anywhere and they'll do a job for you. Um, and I think it's something we're maybe lacking in the professional game. We, we specialise players so much that we end up with, you know, these situations where we talk about kind of, um, you know, hookers that play back row and, you know, there's kind of a few moves that can be made. But, you know, when I always get really annoyed when we start to talk about you know, let's move move a thirteen to twelve, things like that. And yes, it's a different position, but you know, surely there's there's enough of a crossover, surely. Yeah. Pass. <laughs> pass. <laughs> I, catch, <laughs> pass. And yeah. I know the defensive systems are different and that's hmm. that's that's a thing. But then surely like so defensive systems are only as good as like there's a man in front of you, you need to smash him. That's that's kind of what it comes down to. So surely, you know, there must be some crossover there. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I I'm playing at that level. Um, but no, I think it was. Um, I mean, considering the last time I saw Scotland play Wales was at Scotland, and they get scrummed right after Park, and uh, to to win that game, I, I think we should have won by more. To be honest. Um, I Wales have got one standout performer in Jasmine Joyce. Uh, Newman's at least a Newman that's playing on the wing. She was a cracking player as well. Um, but I, th- I think if if we fund it properly, there are some very very talented players. A lot of time Scotland, I just thought it looked a wee bit disjointed in attack, especially when you're asking like particularly the early game where um, Tom's got shifted out to thirteen. I know you're just saying there about how it should be interchangeable. Uh, her, her job is she's she's quite good at smacking people. Um, <laughs> she, like she's she's quite a sort of quiet, wee shy person when you hear her, like talking interviews and stuff. But she's a bit of she can be quite brutal on the pitch. Um, so you want that kind of nastiness at twelve to you know if someone tries to run down that channel between her and Nelson, just dropping back. Um, I, I think there is potential. But we need more numbers uh, because you know there's there are times when players don't look up to it. But then you know, with like, as well as like Christine Bell, um, I think Evie Gallagher, who made her debut during the tournament, uh, she was for me against Italy. She was one of the best players on the park against Italy. Um, you know, and this is uh, a girl that's come from. Uh, I think Brian said she'd played basketball. And she was a good athlete. I think she did track and field of some kind um, in her younger days. And now she came in and then just like started battering folk. <laughs> you know, she was hitting another. <laughs> she was hitting breakdowns and like when she you're making tackles, you, you see a couple of times like, oh man, that's a good hit. Who did that? And it's just it was Evie Gallagher, and then back straight back up into the rock. That's a player. There's a there's a lot of good player in that. And if that if she gets proper coaching, I think she's only 21, 22, she could be. Excellent, and, and same as uh, Emma Wassell, who we believe is uh, she. I know she's been she's been offered a contract. She said she's been offered a contract to be left for Leighton. Um, and it's, it's every time I write a women's match report, I've, her name is always in the mix for player of the yep. match uh, because she's excellent at what she does. She's an excellent lock. She's played forty six games in a row for Scotland for Christ's sake. <laughs> You know, that's seen for a tight five player to consistently be picked that often, um, and consistently be one of the best players on the park. You know that's that's a very talented player. Um, I, th- 
I don't know if she's going to have to take a pay cut. She's a uh, she's a qualified chartered account chartered accountant, but a hell of a good rugby player. <laughs> Time to go back to that. You know, that's that's the thing. Pop pop that on hold for a few years and uh, head off and play a wee bit of rugby. But I mean, it does it does bring us back. Very, you know, you make the point regarding coaching, and it brings us back inevitably to the idea that how much funding does the women's game need? Um, and you know, both of us we've been very vocal on this podcast. I'm not going to walk clacks in it because it's it doesn't need to be. The the women's game needs to be funded better, and we've made no like we made some very very sound arguments as to why that is but you do got to wonder like there's very talented rugby players out there who are not getting to reach their full potential just now um i would even go as far as to say someone like so jade conkle was is an amazing rugby player but if she had been if she'd been given the same level of coaching that a male player gets from, you know, from a really, really young age, how, you know, look at the, look at, the, basically, the comparison is, look at the English girls who are coming through the system. They are going into professionalism really, really young. They are getting strength and conditioning. They're getting the full access to the RFUs, infinite finances that aren't actually infinite. They're completely broke. Um, and they're churning out world-class rugby players and we are in a situation where we are almost haphazardly finding really good rugby players and then they're having to go to England to become professionals or having to go to France and become professionals and I just think it's not good enough and we can argue finances till the cows come home but you know there's money there for for professional rugby players in Scotland and we need to be doing more with that. Yeah, mate. I think even if you look at Super 6, right, so the, the Super 6 average wage is, uh, I think the Super 6 wage is about 12 and a half grand a year. Yep. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I should uh, name call him on this because of don't. stuff he has going on. Um, Redacted. So, so, some, somebody I know who's playing professionally in Eastern Europe, he's uh, getting paid more in Eastern Europe than he would be at Super 6. Yeah. So you know these these pe- people are having to look elsewhere to play the rugby. Um, yep. And if they're not even going to give some of those people like a go at Super Six, yep. If you can't even pay someone twelve and a half grand a year, which is, I think I mean that's even if you take out the bonuses, that's like. 20 Mark Dodson's. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of scope for growth, shall we say. Yeah. Um, but it's all about, it's getting, you know, we need to get people, we get people to use turnstiles at Scotland, like for the women's games. Yeah. Uh, I think the last time Scotland played there was 2,000 people. Yeah. Which is more than you'd Sorry, if like, this is not meant to be a dig at Edinburgh, but yes! it's go on, you go on, you son. <laughs> well, like, like, see, when, see when Edinburgh were playing at Myerside a couple of years ago, I think they were yeah. getting 400 people when they had that short spell at Myerside, they were getting about 400 people through the door. There wasn't um, many turning up, and that's I mean, that's that's pish. 
Um, right. so, the, we're, we're, we're going to have a dig at Edinburgh there because we know fine well that we're going to have to touch on something very, very traumatic um, regarding Glasgow quite soon. I, I'm going to put this comment up. I think you're looking at it as well, Ian. Um, yeah. So we've got, have you talked about a fantasy British and Irish women's squad out of the 2021 Women's Six Nations? And, you know, it's a really interesting, it's maybe something we can consider for a future episode, actually. It's a really, really good idea. Um, and certainly, certainly, I think, um, yeah, you've got, obviously, you've got every pundit, every pundit going tends to pull out their own fantasy squad or, you know, the team of the tournament and stuff like that. But I think it would be really interesting to kind of, um, particularly concentrating on the Scotland players who could be in the reckoning. I think that the difficulty lies in it's not an even playing field. And it's back to what we are saying about finance. You know, English women are professional. The Scottish women, for the majority of them, are not. And it does make... If, if you've ever played in a team like... Um, in the amateur game and you're quite far down the divisions and you get drawn in the cup against somebody who is slightly further up the divisions than you, you know fine well it doesn't look good for you. You don't look like you're playing the same sport. So not to say that that's the case for the women's game, but you know, it's it it's it's harder to gauge. So but certainly I think it's a really good idea and we'll, we'll bandy that about um but- once the the overlord is kicking about. Yeah, it would be. <coughs> quick glance at that question, it would primarily be filled with English players um, because they are the best team in the world. Um, Shall we go it? hardcore and quota it, though? No. Ah! No, no, because. No. Because no. you're not picking on merit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's. But, you know, like, like we were saying about Maggie Alphonse's team, you know, she's. Actually, I just screed about a couple of poor choices. Um, but the likes of Wassel, Smith, Hannah Smith, I think Hannah Smith is excellent, but then Hannah Smith would be challenging Emily Scarrett for a shot. You know, and exactly, Emily Scarrett, yeah, yeah. the best player in the world. By quite um, a margin as well. Like, you're, you're not even close. She's really. a good player. Like the first player. time I saw her, like, four years ago, like, she did everything. <laughs> like, she was even playing 10 that game. Which is like, yeah. yeah, she could just cover every role. Aye, um, she, ju- she, she just, again, it's back to that. She is an absolute ball player. She does everything. Yeah, phenomenal I talent. She, I think she's better than Portia Woodman. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Like Woodman's excellent at what she does, but I think Scarrett has a better all-round skill set. I would agree. I would agree. And it's like, right, my knowledge of the women's game isn't brilliant, you know, um, because I don't have a, a lot of exposure to it. But, you know, from the I've seen, you know, there's these players that who catch your eye. Uh, yeah. The the Cleo twins, Poppy Cleo is ridiculously good as well, man. She's she's like Joe Launchbury and 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 women form, but then also with a wee bit of Louis Picamo. So you know, this is a wonderful. I mean, that is that is a beautiful analogy, a, a, be- a beautiful kind of Frankenstein monster that you would create, Joe Launchbury and Picamo. Oh, it's, it's, it's the worst forward in the world. <laughs> it's like, how do you stop it? Oh, wait, oh, oh. I've, I've tackled her low. Oh, wait, she's ran through me. I've tackled her high. Oh, she's awful. There's, 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 there's no stopping the launch mole. There is no stopping it. So, and again, what, what you're saying there, Ian, is, is really interesting. I'm much the same. I, you know, I, I watch the women's game when I can. 
but it's one of those ones that had it been on a mainstream channel, for example, on BBC properly, then instead of chasing the bargain hunt down the country house down the country to Australia House or whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, then we might have had more more exposure. So I just think that everyone needs to come together to to make this make this happen. We need more exposure to 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 the women's game. Um, and who knows, you know, we'll, we'll maybe have some new uh, Scottish rugby heroes to, to talk about in due course. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, they beat Wales. It was pure good. Well done, guys. Very, very impressed. Um, so, <laughs> oh, kind of, right, I'm going to do it. Right, oh, shall shit. we go on to this? That's right. That is Cammy's beautiful uh, jingle for the Rainbow Cup. I don't have my wristband on today. I feel a bit sad. I've got some covered. I might go and dig them out. Um, yeah. So there was both Scottish teams were involved in action at weekends. Um, Glasgow played a game and there was like, no, some stuff and there was a result and we're not going to talk about it. Um, the Edinburgh game, on the other hand, um, was um, so. Um, Edinburgh, very. I'm going to choose my words carefully here because, um, I, you know, those in glass glass houses and all that. Um, it was a professional performance by a bunch of young guys. Um, I was commenting actually. I was I was watching the game uh, with a friend, and um, we were laughing at how young the Edinburgh players all looked. It was a very interesting team. Uh, we were watching it online and having a, having a good laugh. Um, so Edinburgh won 24-18. At times, they made it look more difficult than it should have been. Uh, the, yeah, they had an average age of 24 and a half um, throughout the squad. Um, so, they, they, I mean, it was it was a close game, but it wasn't a particularly exciting game I don't think uh, I thought uh, Aroni Sow was very good you know took his try very well. good yep. um, physical and also alright Jim Hamilton calm down uh, <laughs> uh, but if you want to talk physicality uh, <laughs> whatever it was that Luke Crosby took at half time Christ get that what, like, let's have some oh, brilliant he was superb in the second half I mean this is a guy who you know, he's, we've talked about him for a couple of years and we're still waiting. I think it was that he's, I'm up to over 50 games now for Edinburgh. Or, or that was his 50th game. So he, he was yep. captain in the sides and yeah, second half, real captain's performance. Um, yeah, I, I like him. It's just the fact that you know, the, the poor sods get Hamish Watson and then like, when he, oh, Hamish Watson's getting a rest. Who are we going to put in? Uh, what about this Jamie Ritchie boy? <laughs> yeah, so it's you know it's um it's a it's a tough shift for the boy, um, but no, he's he looks like a player. Uh, he links up well. He tackles hard. He does. He's you know he does the sevens job of of getting him in amongst it at the breakdown. 
Um, and I thought he was outstanding in the second half and drove his team to victory. Um, yeah. I, I think I'd like to see more of him playing at club level. I, I, I reckon he'll be in the A squad, if not the full international squad. Um, he should be there or thereabouts for sure. And I think he's, so he was cap- as you say, he was captain in the side. And I think we've always commented actually on his, particularly when Edinburgh's internationals are away, he seems to be a guy who kind of does drive uh, some of the standards there, which is, you know, you need that. You need those good club players and not everybody's going to be Hamish Watson. And there's no, there's no shame in that. Yes. <laughs> although, although Ken, I, I Kenny is. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who haven't, um, who don't like, Follow me on Twitter or anything. I've uh, I've actually discovered that uh, Hamish Watson is moonlighting as uh, a Canadian wrestler called Kenny Omega, who is regarded as the greatest wrestler in the world. <laughs> um, and I've like, like, although I get classified as the the wrestling expert here, I don't really watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> um, but something came up on my Facebook timeline. I was like, all right, I'll watch this match because someone said that well, it's the best tag team match of of all time and I watched it and it was incredible I mean this guy's just an amazing athlete just running about all over the shop and he looks like Hamish Watson so did he did he pinball anyone uh, no he did have you seen his finishing move no it's called the one winged angel it's brutal looking <laughs> it's like man you should do that to own Farrell through a table off the top <laughs> of the ladder so what uh, you're saying is we need to get footage of that and we will th- Photoshop on Farrell's face on whoever he's doing it to. Yeah, I think you know if the TMO reviewed it, it would um, it would be classified as going above the horizontal. Uh, would Would Ben Skeen uh, want to check that? Oh, check, check, mate. Oh, oh there's now there's now mitigating factors. Now mitigating factors. Under the guidelines, we're going to red card. Um, yeah, so. Edinburgh, uh, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. The, it was, I thought some of their senior players, senior, um, <laughs> the ones know, who are 26. <laughs> aye, the, one, the, one, the ones that are out of nappies. Um, what was with Blair Kinghorn's like, attempt? To, he, he clearly got ID'd in the shop before going to the game or something, didn't he? Like he got ID'd for his bottle of mad dog and was like, I'm gonna grow a wee a wee a wee tashy and a wee beard and like no get ID'd anywhere. Challenge twenty five, I'll show you, mate. <laughs> but should we, if he was in a shop he'd be wearing a mask. Ah, true, 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 true. Maybe he's got an exemption. I get really offended when I don't get asked for ID anymore. <laughs> Uh, I, I've I've not been asked for ID for a few years, mate. I, I that's like two years ago, and I was like, and I showed the one with ID, and she was like, "Really?" I was like, "Aye." She's like, "Oh, I did my, actually." My, my, my son's younger than June. I'm like, I had a guy turn up at the door earlier on. So you know how you get ID. So you know how if you order stuff on Amazon, I feel like no ID, no ID. Aye, well, I was it wasn't ordering a blade, but aye, if you get a blade, I, I got a blade. <laughs> <laughs> I got a kitchen knife for my birthday. <laughs> Right, so um, there was a good deal on beer on Amazon. I thought I could pick a couple of wee case. And uh, I, got, I got ID'd. And the guy looked at my, my driver's license and he took the, the he took the date of issue down. <laughs> he was like, uh, so like uh, uh, 20, 20, 2013. What? <laughs> like, mate, 
Hey, come on. <laughs> come on. So, we got it sorted. You just got, I went to a, like, I was visiting my mate in London, and um, my, it was my old driver's license. <laughs> so, it was like, I, I got, when I was 17, I grew a goatee beard so I could get served in pubs. <laughs> and it park. Everyone age 17 should grow a goatee beard. If there's anyone 17 yeah. listening to this, grow a goatee. If you can, yeah, do it. You get served yeah. everywhere. Um, I made this big South African bounce. I was like, ah, oh, that's not you, mate. I was like, hey, this. I was like, I, I, I'm like, I close it. He's like, nah, that's not you. I was like, look, man, look, look at the address. Listen to my voice. Right? That's me. I've got other, I've got things, other things with my name on it. That's me. Ah, <laughs> that's not you, mate. I was like, it is me. I know who I am. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not uh, having an existential crisis here. I know who I am. I felt like Arnie in yeah. the sixth day or something. So um, Blair Kinghorn's beard is something to behold. Good man. Yeah, he looks like a, a prepubescent <laughs> trying to get into a pub. Um, he, I, I get, he, had, he had one of these typical good Kinghorn games. Had, yeah, it's like good pass for the South try. You've done well there. Nice line. Good pass. Yep. Uh, oh, you've kicked it dead right on half time. Aye, yeah, you've muppet. absolutely muppeted it. Um, oh, it's, he's so frustrating because he's he can be such a lethal runner from deep. He's got, and then balls is the basic basically. He's um, got he's got all the talent in the world, and he just he's just frustrating. You're absolutely right. But again, I think this is um, you know I think it's a wee bit of psychological coaching. You know, I, yep. I, you know, I think it's tension maybe. You know. Uh, and maybe because you keep bad mouthing him. It's, it's oh, well, I was going to say maybe, maybe it's actually maybe he is a big fan of me. Blair, we love you. Please, he just want he just wants me to approve. Look, Blair, like it's okay, it's okay. I approve. Stop, stop trying to show off to John. It's cool. It's all right, mate. Like, you don't have to show off to me. I'm, like, I look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's fine, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to show off to me. Um, so I thought um, Chamberlain was quite good as well. I thought he he had a, he had a good shift, some very very nice nice kicking game. Does it again? I still I still struggle to see like, and it's one of the one of the concerns I've got with Duncan Muir coming back to Glasgow as well. Uh, and we'll get on to that mob in a second. Um, I think it's hard when you see a ten that can't distribute, and Chamberlain he's got. Some there's like some of it's creeping in. You're starting to see him pass the ball a wee bit, but he's still very, again, very tense and not moving the ball quite as much as you want to see. But maybe that's the game plan. Yeah, it could be down to the, the Cockers' way because we know that Edinburgh have and they've relied on their set piece to get them field position yeah. and then wait on the likes of Darcy or in particular Duhan van der Monster <laughs> to, fi- <laughs> Love it. To, to finish things off just by plowing through folk uh, but you know a couple of years ago they, when they were at their peak because they had uh, you know they had Duhan playing well they had Darcy playing well, they had Blair Kinghorn playing well they had Yako playing well but um, obviously they've been shorn of them for international duty um, at, at, you know, a lot of time they look unstructured. I tell you what, though, Matt Curry, he had a very good debut. Very, very good. Debut. Oh, sorry, very I think he was his first start. Yeah, yeah, I thought he played very well. Um, so fair props to him and that. But uh, it, it just, it, it, and it's the same with. <coughs> um, sometimes it just looks a bit 
disorganized as as you know they're moving through back moves you know uh people overrunning stuff getting in the way or whatever you know so we'll maybe we'll maybe talk about another person called curry later on uh once we get to hanson rock but i suppose like i don't really want to do this and i don't have any mournful music and i'm kind of half tempted just to put up like batman and we could just talk over batman but um glasgow in the rainbow cup glasgow were up against benetton benetton who were um i believe 15 uh losses out of the the their, their last i believe they got a draw in one game uh, but they hadn't won in 15. Winless ah. in, the, in the standard season. In the standard season. Yeah. <laughs> we say standard season. Yeah. Let's call it the regular season to be pure American. Okay. Then we'll get a sponsorship. Yeah. Once. But even, even then, that wasn't regular. It was... Uh, oh, no. Once, once, once the Americans take over the Pro 14, we'll get a wee, uh, we'll get a wee kickback. Um, the regular regular Pro 14 rugby. Regular season, Pro 14. Um, yeah, basically, uh, Glasgow proceeded to take a bunch of guys who had been pumped in every game and absolutely and utterly plat the bed all over the place. I've not got a bleep, so don't swear, Ian, because I don't know how to edit a bleep yet. I'm still learning, but it was Yo, utter kite, wasn't it? It, it? it was It was like that Italy game we got done. Uh, when was that? Was that 2006? What, when we done the three intercepts? Yeah. 2007. I, I believe you refer to it as the Godden game. <laughs> it, was, it was Phil's greatest, it was his greatest hits. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, that's just like, like, you can't, as I've said before this, right, when I've looked at the stats, um, on the Pro 14 stats, Glasgow attacking-wise, were nearish the top in terms of stuff like defenders beating line breaks, uh, meters made, all these kind of things. Can't score for toffee. And then shoot our own everything off. Um, you know, I, feet, feet <laughs> knees, arms, just give, give tries away. You know, yep. so, like started all right. We, uh, I think, there was, you know, a minute and a half. I think we had possession for a good few phases. I'm thinking, all right, man, this looks this look good, right? Warriors, nice, nice, all right, taking any contact well, getting through the first defender, nice. Oh, and we go, oh, no, we've lost it. Oh, there's Monty anyway. Oh, no. And then, did <laughs> oh, no, there's Nick Canoni. Oh, for Christ's sake. And it did it every single bloody time Glasgow out possession. It's like, what are you going to screw up now? Sam Johnson, like, everyone knows I'm a big Sam Johnson fan. He was honking. It's a very poor game. Absolutely honking. Uh, tried this pointless grubber, which led to the Yoani first try. Um, and everything defensively just like a shambles. There wasn't. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of effort in getting back into the line apart from Fraser Brown. I thought Fraser Brown actually was all right. Um, at a push, <laughs> but everyone That's it, yeah. crap. Absolute. Yeah rubbish to get absolutely pumped I mean it, it, the scoreline should have been worse it was just like the fact that there was two consolation tries yeah so for, for those that don't know the um, the final score was Benetton 46 
Glasgow 19. Now, Glasgow were, um, am I right in saying 39 down at one point? Yeah, I think uh, it, was, uh, it was 43 or 46, 7 at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, it is, that just shouldn't, it shouldn't be happening. And I think no. there's there's a lot to be said for, you know, if that, if, if that, sorry, but if, if, if that happened against Leinster, right, if that happened against a, a grade A Leinster side, you'd be going, that's a bit already. But for, I nearly said the F word there, but yep. for Benetton to do that to us, that's just not on, man. That is completely on. No, it's not. And I mean, we should be putting, so Benetton are in the same, they're in the same vein as the, the Dragons, the Dragons, the Southern Kings, as they were. You know, it's teams that a team that is expecting. Like, right, we know Glasgow are in transition, but there's transition, and then there's just an utter disgrace. And the problem I have with it, I'm, I'm going to go into a wee bit of a rant. It's no my hands in the ruck, but it was close. People defending the coaching team. People defending the coaching team saying, oh, but, you know, but COVID, eh? And, like, right, that's a team full of Scottish internationals. It's a team full of world-class players in that they have played at a world international stage. You've got British and Irish Lions available to you. And what you're turning out is utter dross. And there's no semblance of a game plan. There's no semblance of anything. Like, like I was I was speaking to a guy recently who was saying, you know, the new signings Glasgow have got coming in next year are really exciting. But what are the coaching team going to do with them? I'm really, really, really concerned. Danny Wilson, like, I don't want it to become football where we fire managers willy-nilly. He has not done enough this season to deserve to keep his job. That's the facts of it. Let's have the Wilson day clock. It's it's like three milliseconds to midnight right now. He deserves to be fired. I'm sorry, but he does. And I've... I, I, I do feel really sorry for him. I mean... Yeah, yeah, he's he, committing he, a hard gig. He did. He did quite well at Cardiff. I mean, it's, see, I think it was right. At Cardiff, right? You had. Did he not he had, get fired though? No, he left. I think he bit. He did left. He? he went and joined. Um, I think it was a mutual league. Did he not join Wasps as a defence coach? Didn't move away. Die young. Aye, but he, he went to move to that, but then got off the Scotland gig and reneged on it. Yeah, um, and then came to us. But he'd won. He'd won the challenge shot with Cardiff, playing an exciting brand of rugby. Um, so you'd think he'd be a decent fit for Glasgow, but then why did Scotland, did, you know, employ him as a defence coach? when <laughs> that's clearly not his gig. Uh, yeah, it's been defence or, or forwards. He was forwards coach. Sorry, forwards coach. Forward coach. Yeah, doesn't he seem his bag? Um, nah, he's, like you said, like I don't want to just can him straight away. No, I mean you look at like like Alex Ferguson was like one game away for getting canned at Man United. Yeah, and then went on to have the most glorious reign of all football managers of all time. Right. Um, but you know, he, when I speak to him at press conferences, he goes right. Uh, well, this was problem here. This problem here. You know, we got gobbed off X or that was unacceptable. Uh, 
but we played well once I'd had the Scottish boys back for a few yeah. weeks before that, and we we we, we gave scouts a doing. So I think that's the exact words. I'm paraphrasing, and um, but right. we did give scouts a bit of doing, and it was a good scouts team, and we beat them uh, fair and square. Um, and there has been glimpses of decency, but it just seems like there is no semblance of organisation defence. No. There is no... The captains who are meant to be driving standards... He goes on about Ryan Wilson driving standards and training, what have you. But see when it's on the pitch, I'm not seeing those standards being driven out of players. And it's like Fraser Brown as well. Like Fraser Brown's an experienced and you know, good intelligent, smart man. But he's not going to fire a fear of God into you like Al Kellogg would. would you no. Know? Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't lead by example in the park either because he puts himself in positions. But we all, we've all talked a lot about Fraser Brown who inevitably will do at least one brain dead thing per game, which will cost you a penalty or hopefully not cost you too serious. But Fraser Brown has previous on this, and he's a very talented rugby player, and he should be way more savvy than that. And it's got worse. That's the thing. It's got worse this season. Uh, he won a couple of like big turnovers, but then uh, the all round display was a shambles. I think the only the only person who came out of that with any credit is once again Cole Forbes. All right, fair enough. Ioanni handed him off, but I think it's right. Monty Ioanni was. Dynamite during Six Nations yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. I think he was, if not the top, if not the top scorer, but one of the top scorers in the Pro 14. This guy's a grand finisher, right? He's a good you know, player. Uh, if you're, you know, he's not, maybe not as good as Doohan, but you know, you can ex- you can accept when a player does when a good player does you, you can accept it. Yeah, but the rest of the time it was just powder puff defence and it's been the same all season just powder puff nonsense and in particularly around about halfway mark bottle it either side of halfway last five minutes like last five minutes first half first five ten minutes the second half we just completely lose any semblance of being a team and make an arse of it and the only thing that occasionally saves us is uh, moments of brilliance like Rufus McLean's try against the Dragons Yep. I mean, that was a sensational we've try. We've been relying um, on individual stuff for too yeah. long. It's a, it's a team game. I'm just going to quite like some conscious of time because we are fast approaching. So I'm going to flick through a couple of the comments that have come in regarding this, right? So very first point, 2007 at Murrayfield was my first time seeing a live game. Eight-year-old me was traumatised forever. Do not watch. If you're a Warriors fan, don't watch the game at the weekend if you haven't seen it. Uh, you will probably need therapy for the rest of your life. Mm. Um, Sam Marsh, is this is this the Sam we were twittering with earlier on? Um, I'm not sure, actually. Who knows? Who knows? If you are the Sam... Sam does. Well, <laughs> uh, well, Sam does know, yeah. If you are the Sam of Sam fame from Sam Twitter earlier on, please, Sam us. Um, turn that shower of garbage off at halftime to drink cans in a park. I would highly recommend you don't go drink cans in a park just now, but the yeah, fair enough. Um, Dave McManus, it was worse than the 07 game. We Scott fought back a bit in that one. Yeah, Glasgow did not fight back. They looked absolutely and utterly out of it from quite early doors. And then to your point as well regarding Rufus McLean, um, I think so. 
I think this is an interesting one because I think Rufus McQueen's a guy who's coming out of the Danny Wilson debacle with a lot of credit in that he's clearly a very talented rugby player. He's he's in a position that almost doesn't rely so much on that individual, uh, sorry, on that kind of team dynamic. You know, he doesn't have to worry so much about what Wilson's game plan is. He just has to get the ball and run really fast or run really fast and tackle people. And I think he's he's looking the part, and I was commenting earlier on that, you know, add a high high ball game to, to Rufus McQueen, you've almost got a player that could be international level already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got the step and he's got the pace. Um, a bit of yeah. defence as well. Excuse me, I had to get a wee frog out my throat there. Um, that was that, that's because of Tommy. It's okay. It's okay. You talked about a step. Oh, you want Tommy. I'm just like envisioning the the gif of like Arnie going into the melting pot in or <laughs> two whenever I talk about Tommy you now. Um yeah McLean has finishing ability without doubt. Hi. Uh Stupid pace, absolutely ridiculous pace. Um, but the problems are in the middle of the park, like you said, like because you know, not every try is like, actually, there's been there. very few tries scored out wide. A lot of times, we're just getting smashed right through the middle. Um, the Irish teams took massive advantage of that during the regular season, and then you know, we get uh, Nick Canoni scoring two tries. A match. I don't even know if Nick can only score a try and he's bloody life. <laughs> and he can just walk through the Glasgow defence whenever he likes. I'm a lock. Whoa! Hey, off we go. Off we go. Like a like a big rampant giraffe. Um, it was really really bash. <laughs> it was. Um, it's really upsetting. And then I've I've seen some people giving George Horn grief like about his game management. Again, it wasn't on him. I don't. I don't think you can just nail it because when Ali Price came on, things didn't pick up. No, it didn't. Oh, it was did it, so. gash. Um, I believe it's like Sam Jones had a shocker. Uh, yeah. Usually doesn't. The, the the fellow outside of him, who I still am not. Are you declaring him. Nick Greg Voldemort? Are you saying he he shall not be named? I just don't think he's. Right, they'll have a couple of good charges a game, yep. and sometimes they'll have like great games. I I just don't get why successive managers have had such a hard on for picking them. <laughs> I, um, I I I I do get. So I take your point. I think actually, I think he's he's always had some of the raw materials that people have wanted in a thirteen for Glasgow. I've always been quite surprised that he's been picked. Above some of the thirteens we've had, Stafford McDowell. Where is Stafford? Like, I don't know. Where's Stafford McDowell? Like, I, mean, I think we're going to change where's Dougie Donnelly to where's Stafford McDowell. If anyone knows where Stafford is, like, I mean, I don't want to put him in a milk cart. But see, where that, is Stafford? I'm, I'm that region talking about this game. I'm fucking. Oh. Whoa! I, I am, you are I, fucking. I, I'm smoking a cigarette now. Um, a cigarette. Oh, my goodness, right? I'm going to put you in the sin bin for that. Ian. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick Gregg's, he's The problem I've got with Nick Gregg is he came back from lockdown 
and he has not come back from lockdown well. He is not anywhere near professional rugby standard of fitness. He doesn't look like he used to, and it's not for the better. And we're not we're not body shaming here. We're not saying that you know rugby players have to be one size or anything, but his game is built on power, pace, and like strength, and he does not look fit. He looks very, very, very unfit. So, have, you, have you ever like, touched Nick Rigg? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't no, mean that's in a no, sexual way at all. No, right. I can't say but, I've touched Nick Gregg. Have you touched Nick Gregg? Yeah, uh, Scott South Africa <laughs> game a couple of years ago, right? So, Why? Uh, no, we, uh, we were going into the up and under, and there's been a couple of mates, and it's like, all right, so him and Rory Austin were outside talking. So, you know, I did the, the arms around the shoulders thing, and I, I was like the tallest out there, which was quite bizarre <laughs> for me. Um, but like, right. Nick Gregg felt like he was made out of bricks. <laughs> like, like, arm on the shoulder. I'm like, oh my God, what? Like, through a big, thick gap jumper, I can still just feel the bulging muscle. shoulder muscle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he, then, you know, him and, him and like, Leone came back and they've got, they've got bellies like mine. So I think you're like, dude. <laughs> you've think, got I you've think... got a job to do here, man. Well, that's it, yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Like, <laughs> their job relies on being physically fit. So, um, yeah. Was, it, it, um, was discipline a major issue? Did, did we get anyone yellow card? That may have lost interest before we got anyone set uh, off again. No, like, so, I don't. Like, TJ Ioani's just been a bit, <coughs> bit of a car crash. Um, Footlocker 2, he does some decent things, but again, like, there's times when I've just. You know, watching replay, you're like, why aren't you guys back at, you know, you, yeah. you can see a couple of phases beforehand, you're like, why aren't you sprinting back? Why are you two just yeah. jogging? Yeah. Get back, get your arses back on side. Yeah. Get in that line. That stuff wouldn't have stood uh, in the in the Townsend era in particular, especially yeah. not in the Sean Lanier era, yeah. which is when, like, I mean, Glasgow's initial success was built on being a solid defensive team. Aye. And yeah. then Tooney came in and add a bit of flair. Uh, and then Rennie came in and uh, took that flair and amplified it and pissed everybody off. And, and spent a fortune, which we, which we haven't recovered yet. No. Uh, um, shall, right, I I am conscious that we are red couching this, right? This is therapy. So, yeah, Glasgow, yeah, Matt, Tommy, it's the Tommy Seymour tribute there. I we we let's let's talk about better things. So let's get, get ourselves onto this. Yes, it is hands in the rock, which is our any other business section. This is where we have a look at what is going on in the world. Get our, we vent our spleen. Yes, we have just done a lot of that, but we uh, we have our little rants, we have our little vents, and we um, generally try to get the red couch out and do a wee bit more therapy. So, um, on our secret, super secret Facebook page, which roll all the way back to that banner previously, 
you can get yourself on there with have your. You not, have you not got the trippy hedge thing? That oh, I didn't do the trippy hedge thing. Let's, do the trippy hedge thing. I'll just pull a trippy trippy hedge thing out. I was too busy finding Batman earlier on. Right, we'll just pop the trippy hedge thing in. There we go. That's a manscape got bush for you. Um, those of you who are listening on audio, Ian has insisted that we get there. That that is the That's the one. off again, delaying things. That's the one more three. Um, it's uh, it's all good. So I now need to figure out how to get rid of the trippy thing. There we go. Uh, right. So um, <laughs> on to Hanson Rock. We've had a couple from our super secret group. Uh, Cammy's been a numpty. We'll just throw abuse at him in due course. Um, yeah, so Jason Kirk, um, watch the last 20 minutes of the women's match. Two things. Since when was a clothesline tackle not a red card? And when was, uh, and which oh, excuse for a commentator, was talking utter pee and might as well have been wearing a red shirt. Um, yeah, I mean, there still seems to be a bit of a disconnect between the professional men's game at the upper levels and the TMOs and the red cards that are being issued. And it's not exclusive to the women's game because if anyone has seen Mr. Owen Farrell recently and his utter nonsense in the championship, um, which was a red and a six-month ban all day, yes, I don't like Owen Farrell, so you know, write me letters, I don't care. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult because you're trying to encourage people to take up the sport and then you're letting that sort of stuff away. Doesn't it really work? Yeah, when you, like, you look at what Molly Wright got sent off in the Scotland England for, um, and then that challenge, I can't mean who it was, the Welsh player, but I mean, there is, I mean there's just such a discrepancy in... in um, an application of the laws, even though it's all sort of guidelined out and written down and all that. Yep. Um, I'm just fed up of talking about referees. <laughs> I know, I know. But let, let, let's not. Let's talk about one of everyone's favourite Scottish rugby icons. I'm all, I'm looking to see if Cammy had added a jingle for him. He hadn't. We used to have a section. Se- a section? A section? Sex. That's not even a thing. Not, a not- section. It is a section. We had a section um, involving Jim Telfer, who is officially cancelled. Jim Telfer is. We're throwing a woke accent at him. Jim Telfer is cancelled. Sorry, guys. Anyone that thinks Jim Telfer is cool, he is gone. Uh, Jim Telfer has terrible taste in curries, it turns out. <laughs> Um, so Jim Telfer came out and said that he would love to have a sit down with Hamish Watson and tell him why he wasn't going to be in his Lions squad because um, <laughs> because um, our boy Curry from England is a better, bigger, stronger player. Ian, go for it. I don't think he said he wouldn't be in. He wouldn't be in the twenty-three. I think he, I think he said he'd put him in the squad. Again, Sorry, I was I was being in the squad as in the twenty three because right. Hamish Watson should be a line starter. Let's be honest. Um, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I don't think it's just because I'm biased. Uh, right. No, it's not so, because you're biased. Well, the thing is, I mean, I'm, I'm a Glasgow fan for Christ's sakes, and I absolutely yeah. adore Hamish Watson. Hamish Watson yeah. is like one of my favourite Scottish rugby players of the last twenty years. 
if not of all time. You yep. know, he's just magnificent in everything he does. Um, and it, again, it came down to the, oh, but uh, Tom Curry's bigger and stronger. No, he isn't. No, he's no. not. No, he's not. He's we, the same size. <laughs> he's maybe like, I don't know, half an inch taller, which just means he's not as low to the ground. So when it gets to Jacqueline time, somebody else like was arguing with Cammy and said, uh, like, oh, I, I, prefer, I don't think I actually think it was on the thread he was arguing with Cammy. But he yeah. said, you know, I want my seven to be a good jackler. And I was just looking at like, man, are you trying to say that Hamish Watson can't jackal? But who's the one that's won most turnovers in the last four years? <laughs> There is no player in world rugby who's won more turnovers in the last four, like two or three years than Hamish Watson, with yep. the possible exception of Michael Hooper. Yep. Um, I think this is a great example of the abs. So, rugby continues to have this wonderful reverence for people of a bygone era. This is just an example of actually, do you know what? Sometimes people who used to play the game talk rubbish. And this is a terrible example. Jim Telfer is talking mince. Uh, great coach, though he was, he is out of touch. He has no idea. He clearly doesn't watch Hamish Watson. He has no idea who he is. I mean, I, yeah, it's uh, or he's been paid a lot of money by English press. Wait, what Claxon? That almost. Oh, sounds doing like- it. All right. That almost sounds a bit like ageism. Um, I, I believe that Jim Pethor <laughs> watches a lot of rugby, but I just I don't understand where people are getting this sort of... If he watched curries. a lot of rugby, he would clearly understand that Hamish Watson's a far superior. I wouldn't say far superior, but I'd just say better. Um, and the main thing is, like my go-to on this is that if, you, if you're playing South Africa, you do not want to give away penalties. Hamish Watson does not give away penalties. If you give away penalties, all you do to South Africa, if you say, all right, well, I think Henry Pollard's injured, actually, but all you're saying to them is, all right, stand off, hoof that deep. There you go, line out. There you are. And then what's going to happen? It's the Beth, and oh, I think it's the Beth injured as well now. And Lud Jaeger will just, or Snyman if he's back, but he won't be back, I don't think. But anyway, South Africa just beat absolute monsters of packs. Right? They will maul you to death. They will scrum you and maul you to bits. Do not give them territory. That's oh, John's disappeared, and it's just me now. Oh, no luck. Right. So don't <laughs> don't give South Africa any time. Don't give them possession. Don't give them territory. They'll kill you. They will crush you into bits. Um. So it's it's a ludicrous idea to suggest that. Hamish Watson shouldn't be picked because he's too wee, because it's nonsense. Uh, oh man, John's gone. So uh, I'm going to start freestyle rapping now <laughs> before John comes back. I'm not. Uh, so my hands in the rock, seeing as John is away, is um, James Haskell. Uh, I don't know if any of you saw this, but um, there was a bit of a confrontation between Mr. Haskell and a farmer at the weekend because he let his dog off the leash and the dog ran wild. Farmer said to him, obviously there's no video evidence of this or none that I've seen. Um, But Haskell then got arsy about it. Uh, And that's not the biggest issue. John's back now. 
Hey, I don't know oh. what the hell happened there. My internet just absolutely tanked. It's because I, I blamed Jim Telfer. All right, oh, and Sam Sam has just confirmed it's him after twelve. Uh, so I, I just started talking about James Haskell while you're away. Um, oh, fair enough, reasonable. But with the issues uh, that he's had, um, so he was he was told um, by a farmer in no certain terms to put his dog on a leash. He didn't take kindly to it. Now he has been sent uh, some abusive messages directly on Instagram, uh, but. You know what? It's his replies which are just uh, John's away again. His replies are absolutely appalling on this. It's just so misogynistic and also just really. This is, I think, arseholy would uh, won't get me banned. Um, so, for example, one of them, the the worst one, as far as I'm concerned, is. Uh, one woman's message him saying, you're so unaware of how you're coming across, aren't you? You seem like the biggest sweary word for male genitalia uh, in a long time. His reply to this is, it's not the first time I've heard the biggest male genitalia I've come across come from out of a woman's mouth. This is a continuing trend of James Haskell being a bit of a misogynist ass. right? So for those of you who don't know, when I think he was a university student, him, he got either suspended or expelled because he covertly taped one of his friends having sex with somebody. Right? This is not the actions of a guy who should. I don't. Know, right? For all these like these Archbishop of Banterbury nonsense, right? <laughs> this isn't banter. This is just horrible cliched tripe and also massively misogynistic John did you hear anything of what I've said there, John's back by the way for those of you (laughs) (laughs) I did yes I was uh, having a watching brief while I cracked another beer I thought you were going to say something else I was giving you I was was cracking one off while you talking about my way the Archbishop of Banterbury even calling yourself the Archbishop of Banterbury marks you out as an absolute bellend anyone (laughs) who thinks that's a good nickname for themselves needs to go and just jump any any rugby group right, which has the word banter in it it's going to be full of absolute Poats. Aye. <laughs> Roman Poats. You know, what really pissed me off is I've seen a video of him apologising on Twitter. He's like, oh, if you want to see the full sort. It's not even an apology. It's more of a, oh, this is why I said this. Which, it's like if someone says, oh, I'm sorry, but. See, if you say, I'm sorry, but, you are not sorry, are you? You're trying to explain <laughs> yourself. You're, you're trying to excuse your... Can I say dicky? Right, you're trying to be, be, explain yourself being an ass, right? And this is just... <laughs> it, it is, it is, some of it's abhorrent. And, like, the fact that if you're a high-profile figure, you don't respond to people in this manner. You know, and it's, you know, the, the thing is, right, he's actually shared these by himself of his own accord... He'd be like, "Oh, listen, oh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting like verbally abused, blah, blah, blah." And then you're hitting out with stuff like this, things like, "For moron, oh, what, what a moron you are." For moron, I'm going to read that as, "What a hero I am." It's like this is absolute cliche, pish, mate, right? And also, 
you've compl- <laughs> like, so there's a, a guy called uh, Bruce McConaughey. Uh, I imagine Johnny follows you on Twitter. He follows me on Twitter. No, he's a farmer. Um, and he would say, no, mate, you're completely wrong. This is the, the code. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the National Sheep Association said, look, this is why you shouldn't let sheep off a leash, even if you think it's publicly fine, if there's no sheep about. Like, things like even leaving a dog's turd on arable land or farming land can lead to uh, cows having to abort calves and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really bad. And, and why did he not just say, I'm sorry? You know, there's nothing wrong going, you know what? I didn't like how this person approached me and, and spoke to me about it. But, and I didn't like how these people spoke to me about it. But I'm sorry, I was wrong. I, I appreciate he the message. He hasn't done that. All he's done is gone, oh, I'm getting abused. <laughs> and and you, you talk about like people us being like woke, greeting face. You know? No, <laughs> you're you're being a prick because you're not accepting the fact that you're at fault here. He was completely at fault. He was. And he didn't he hasn't said sorry and instead he's just given it the oh poor me nonsense, right? So fuck <laughs> off. Right. Him him and Marla, right? See people go, Oh uh, him and uh, Joe Marla, oh they're all about are great, blah blah blah. Oh there's they're so honest and they're so blunt and they're so funny. Do you know why they're so open and so and funny and what have you? Because they've left out the good bits. Because there are people employed. Once they've written those books, they, they send them off, and someone will go, mm, "No, can't say that." Editors, people have edited, <laughs> edited out the crap, right? People have edited out them being assholes, and they don't admit to some of their arsehole behaviour, right? Haskell, I'm like behind him, like uh, in terms of when he moved off at Israel Flow. But the thing when he moved off at Israel Flow is because he. I think uh, is his brother gay, and um, that'd probably be the only reason he'd mouth off at Israel Flow, or is it Marla? Right. But there's, there's there's like a really obvious with the Israel Flow stuff as well. It's like really obvious to be on the right side of history. It's like it's like it's, it's yeah. no it's no difficult to get it wrong, really, is it? <laughs> no, unless uh, I haven't seen it, but unless you're Doug Ross, apparently last night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, that's his quote. That's not we're not going to do politics. Um, no, yeah, yeah. So basically, what we're seeing is in a shocking turn of events. Um, James Haskell, the Archbishop of Banterbury, is in fact an idiot. If anyone wants further confirmation of this, Google James Haskell Roman Platt conversations and just just watch, just watch. James is. Clearly I mean, stupid. I, I loved the fact that somebody said, like, and the guy didn't even know the rules of his own game, so how does he know the rules about, about like, being on a farmland? Exactly. Um, yes. No, I think I that just, summarises it pretty well, doesn't it? So, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, something, I try to like these people, and then they just <clears throat> piss all over my chips. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd given James Haskell, like, I tried to give him a bit of leeway yeah but like i'm all for characters in the sport yes i'm like for those on podcast audio only i'm doing air quotes i'm all for characters but he he's an idiot he's just an idiot that's there's characters and then there's just being entitled and that's i think that's what rugby needs to 
continue to steer away from. You know, we've got characters in Scottish rugby who are not, they don't come across as entitled, they don't come across as um, expecting everything to be handed to them, including the rules of their own game by the referee. So, James Haskell, get in the sea, is what we have to say to you. And take your DJ decks with you. Oh, yes, please. And your JCB. Because, yeah. I mean, I love a JCB, but not in James Haskell's hands. That's not a good thing. Not a we, good do thing. Love our, we do love our JCB socks, don't we? I think we do, just... yeah. We're big fans. Big fans, yeah. yeah. If you need to get, get yourself some good socks. I mean, I think I think there's a potential promo going here. Like, we could definitely get sponsored by JCB socks. Some good oh, ones here. Yeah, man. See the new ones? Not as impressed with them, but I don't know. I feel like my heel's going to go through them. Oh, dear. So, my, my hands are up. Um, is the... <laughs> so, people continue to talk about the various, various players that exist in Scottish rugby world, um, particularly players that play in the Premiership. And they talk about them having worldy games. Now, I watched quite a lot of Premiership rugby this weekend um, because I now have BT Sport. And it's basically all I'm recording is Premiership rugby and Pro 14 rugby and Silicon Valley. That is my my point. Silicon Valley is absolutely magnificent. (laughs) Great, great. I've just finished season two again. I've watched it before, but I'm working my way back through it. It's fantastic. If you haven't watched it, get on it, guys. It's really good. It's the funniest programme ever made. Yeah, the end of of season one is a ridiculous situation that is just beautiful. But anyway, um, we talk a lot about players playing the Premiership. the, the, The Premiership have this almost this entitlement that they they seem to believe that it's the best league in the world and it's the best standard of player in the world and that anyone playing well in that league must be an absolute worldie. I don't want to be the guy to burst that bubble, but the Premiership's a bit rubbish. Like, the standard of play, it's better this season, but in general it's a bit rubbish. And just because a player's playing well at the Premiership level doesn't mean they're going to be a Scotland international. Doesn't mean they're going to tear up trees for Scotland. Doesn't mean anything. Just means they're playing all right for their club. And it, and it particularly doesn't mean that they should automatically be picked for the Lions. So I'm seeing this. Be, I mean, the BT Sport and Prem Rugby are like giving this heavy push for Marlow to be put on the Lions tour. Ridiculous. I mean, this is a guy who has twice turned down going to England camps. Like, I don't want to be from my family for too long. But you know, it comes to a walk up a lines to her. Oh, yeah, son. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, we can uh, cash in for the last contract, eh? Yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. might have a, I might have part two of my <coughs> autobiography to sell. No, and, and let's be honest. I mean, is he, is he that? He's not a better player than Wynn Jones or Rory Sutherland or anything like that, is he? He's just a noise merchant. That's right. He's all. He's all. He's a he's a throwback to when props got <coughs> they got by on their banter. And yes, I use that term very ironically. Mm. Um, I shouldn't say bants. Bents. They got by on the bents and uh, yeah, he's yeah. 
He's not that good a rugby player. Sorry, guys. If anyone's a Joe Marler fan, you're listening to the wrong podcast. So, oh, did you see Haskell's Lions squad of 40-odd? He had, Was he uh, in it? Did he pick himself? <laughs> no, he's not quite that vain. Um, but he had Sean Mac, he had Mako and Genge. Mako and Genge in a Lions squad would be hilarious because you're going to watch a scrum game. The South Africans would be looking at that going, oh, look at this fresh biltong. We're going <laughs> to absolutely munch this. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> All right. I think we're about to set a, a new record yeah. here. So I think we should wrap up. If there's uh, any more for anyone. Well, he's not us. <laughs> I know. He's, he's going to, I know. I, I assume he's not a... Um, Man, this I, would have been like an hour if it wasn't the fact that Tommy Seal retired. Exactly, yeah, we're, yeah. We're just devastated. I've actually got we'll, more stuff I could talk about, but, but no, we, we have to wrap up. I think we should do a Patreon special for Tommy Seymour. That'd be beautiful. Oh, captain so, was he ever? Did he ever captain Glasgow? He didn't captain Glasgow, no. He bloody he well should have. He should have, yeah. But, I mean, I'm half tempted to stand in my chair just now and say, oh, captain, my captain, as we finish up. Oh, wait, it, right? right. I think I can, right? There we go. <sighs> I'll tilt this this way, right? There we Fuck. go. Right. Oh, Captain, my captain. Oh, Captain, my captain. <laughs> right. Good evening, guys. Um, that's goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian. Ciao.